You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Welcome to the Sacred Collective, where we have honest conversation and no judgment. Discuss theology and current events in an open and thoughtful setting. Say things that you are too afraid to say in church. We welcome your beliefs. We welcome your ideas. Join us. Find us online at ScreamingPods.com, on iTunes at The Sacred Collective, on Twitter, Sacred underscore MN, and on Facebook, Sacred Collective Twin Cities. Still it. Welcome to The Sacred Collective. Uh, we're, we're back. One, our youngest guest is not too excited. Um, we're going to do roll call, and then we have a special food that we're going to try that one of us brought. Um, so I'm Brian. I'm Angela. I'm Caleb. I'm Joshua. I'm Kayleen. I'm Eric, and I brought the crickets. Amanda's back there with our daughter Ava. So, yes, say what you brought. You brought crickets. Yeah, I brought crickets. I, I raised crickets, and I brought some roasted garlic chili lime Whoa. crickets. Nice. But let's do this thing. All right. Here you go. Cheers, mates. Three, Cheers. two, one. one. Down the hatch. I would didn't have antennae. <laughs> I would just like pick the antennae out. Otherwise, it tastes fine. It well, tastes fine, but the yeah, the antenna is kind of throws you off a little bit. It throws me off. Tastes like cashews. Kind of. I like cashews better. <laughs> so does it taste like chicken? Because everything tastes. No, like chicken. but. You were right though. It's a little, little crunch. Yeah, a little. A little mm. Yeah, it does have that kind of. But you really flavor. Like it doesn't flavor. taste like a regular bug. But it's... <laughs> how, do you, how do you know? I don't know. Right. What I, 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 I guess you yeah. what a bug would taste like. The best part of that whole thing was Eric's like, "I raise crickets," and no one said anything. <laughs> like it doesn't sound crazy. But I mean, we it does sound crazy. crazy. You're the bar whisperer. You're, you're yeah. trying to do this like professionally. Not like, it's not like you raise crickets in a hobby farm. You actually right. want to do this full yeah, scale like, being. Yes. 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 It's like crunched it and I like felt it. It sounded like a bicycle. Like, I raised goldfish in my backyard. <laughs> does it get stuck in your throat a little bit? Yeah, yeah it might. Okay. I raise a cat. When are we going to eat that? I don't know, Josh. So, before we get off the rails already, um, I want to say thanks and do a shout out to Sean Dreger from the Screaming Pods Network, who found us out, started listening to us, and likes what we're doing, so that's pretty sweet, and he asked us if we wanted to join his network, Um, so we are, so thanks Sean. And check out all the podcasts on his network. I subscribe to all of them, and they're pretty stinking hilarious. And go listen to them. So let's do this. We're going to talk about hail today. <laughs> what the hail? Thank you. Good job, Angela. And so this is kind of a weighty subject, theological. I don't want to make it too theological, but when you kind of talk about it, and a lot of us are brought up in the church tends to go that way. We're not going to get through all of it tonight. If we want to do a two, three, four part series, we don't have to do it all consecutively, but if we want to talk about it in a couple weeks, that's fine. 
So, I'm going to start out with asking a question, and let's just shoot from the hip what we think. What are our views slash understanding of hell? What you were brought up with, maybe maybe frame it more as like how you were brought up with like understanding a church or what your parents or whoever told you, and then maybe where what you hold to it now. It's heavy. I'd say I was brought up that by default everyone is going to hell. Original sin, you know, um, we're born into this fallen state. And so all we deserve is hell. But the great news is that some people get saved from that. Um, if they say a secret prayer and pour some water on their heads, then they ain't got to go to hell forever like the entire majority of, uh, of humanity. Um, and that there's only one way to get out of hell. you got to say the Jesus password. And um, I think that sounds like bullshit. Um, I would, I'm not sure if I consider myself a universalist, but I'm definitely an inclusivist. Um, as far as the mythology of Christianity goes, I feel like when Christ expresses, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, I feel like that parallels with love is the truth, the way, and the life. Um, if there is a hell, I do not, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't believe it's eternal. Maybe it's a purification process, like the wheat being, you know, separated from the chaff sort of thing, and then you're purified and you're rejoined with the oneness or whatever. Um, but in the here and now on this earth, uh, as an as hell as an afterlife concept, that really does not affect my day to day actions unless I'm living in fear of trying to not go to hell. My mom was really into daytime television, and I know this is like, what does this have to do with hell? But I trust to- me, I totally know what it has to do with it. It's getting there. Um, so she watched this show. I can't remember what it was called, but she taped this segment, and she probably doesn't even know like how much it affected me as a kid. But you know how people have like the, you know, I was having surgery, and I, you know was floating above my body and then I was floating into this light and I just felt this love and this peace. They had this lady who's like, it's some trashy talk show and they're like, she didn't go see the light. She went the other way. (laughs) You know, and she talked about this weird experience where she like tried to overdose on drugs or she was doing drugs and I don't think she was purposely trying to overdose but she did and she blacked out, and she talked about, like, I still remember it, which is really disturbing. She talked about, like, traveling down this, like, dark tunnel, and then she saw, like, these people that looked like they were dead, and they, and then, she, like, it was this weird thing, and then she was, like, in this room, and all so these... she went to, like, a comical hell. Yeah, and, and like, all these hell. people were just, like, stacked, like, in the corners, and, like, it sounded like a weird, like, Saw movie, and, like, as a kid... I don't know why my mom taped it, and I don't know why she let me watch it. Was it Ricky Lake? No. It was it was a man and woman duo, and not Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> but, I, so then, whenever I went to vacation Bible school, and they're like, you know, you need to say the, you know, Jesus prayer, I was like, I'm going to end up in that room with all the 
dead teenagers. <laughs> what I had heard on this weird daytime talk show. So that's my very bizarre experience with hell. And my current views of hell can be summed up very simply. I don't believe there is a hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up in the Assemblies of God, and I don't know if it was this denomination who made the play that eventually turned into a movie in the 80s popular, but Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Um, it Literally, their whole point was we want to scare the hell out of you. Um, is that like rapture type yeah, stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, it well not rapture. No, that's like a thief in the night stuff like that. Where, where you find like piles of clothes? Yeah, and like, you're like behind. Yeah. My dad. Got rapture. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's like that. But no, what it started out as a play, and I think it was a whole bunch of like Canadians that started it, like at a church up there. <laughs> but I remember. When I was six or seven years old, like, every summer I would go visit my grandparents in Milwaukee, and they were super, super, super religious, and they, <laughs> one one summer night, I was like, can I watch a movie? They were like, yeah, we have a movie. They put on Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. I was six years old, oh, and no. I literally, that that spooked me to no, to no end, because there was one in there where, like, a guy was, like, shooting up, like, heroin in his arm. And then he, like, ODs and dies, and then they had this really creepy, like, de- like the devil comes up and does all this stuff. And then they had, like, two people fornicating. And Uh-oh. just all the stuff. And I would like to see that scene, please. And then, but no, and it just, and pretty much what my grandma had said was, like, if you do anything, I don't know how fornicating, it was, like, fornicating, heroin, and then... There was, they were just at, like, an office party, and when somebody got drunk, somebody got drunk and died. It, it was, it, at six years old, now I can watch it probably and just laugh, but when you were six or seven, this literally scares you so bad. So I grew up with this whole time, like, when I was, like, a teenager, is like, oh, I looked at a girl, and she's attractive. Well, I'm going to hell, because I'm thinking impure thoughts. So it was always this, like this damning place like you think anything you act like a human being you're gonna go to hell and really now if I have I'm a universalist so really by definition of me being a universalist I really can't believe in hell because I don't think anyone goes there so I really don't believe it and it's for me specifically having a kid when there's nothing that my daughter could do that would separate me from my love from her no matter what she could do. I mean, I might get mad at her or, like, ground her or something, but I'm never going to be like, I wanted to be separate from you for all of eternity, whether in this life or the next, but yet we say that a God can do that because we didn't say this right formula. So that, for me, right there sums up why I really don't believe that there's a hell because if God is love, God wouldn't want to send more than half of all his creation to that place. Way more than half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But billions and billions of people, so I really think it's a, a, a logical thing. Well, I think that when people say, well, if you don't believe in God the way that I do, then you're going to hell. There's a few things in the Bible, or a few places that I think contradict itself to to say, to kind of prove that people aren't going to hell if there is a hell, which I can 
kind of touch on later. But, I mean, yeah, I grew up, you know, similar to where, you know, it's like you pray this prayer and you follow God to get a free get-out-of-hell card. And pretty much if you do something bad, if you lie, if you steal, you know, if you, you know, do whatever, then... You know, you better ask God's forgiveness right away because if the rapture happens and you didn't ask God's forgiveness, you're going to get left behind and then they're going to chop off your head like the Left Behind movies, which <laughs> I watched when I was little and yeah. I was terrified. Those yeah. are the Thief of the Night ones, right? Yeah, like from the, like the 70s. 70s. Right, right, yeah. I was terrified that what if something happened? What if I lied to my parents and said I cleaned my room when I shoved everything under my bed? Even at a younger, Sinner. innocent age like it's that, and thought, what if something happens? What if I'm left behind? Then I'm going to have to be brainwashed or get like this tattoo on my forehead, or they're going to capture me and lock me up. Yeah. yeah, and then chop off my head. I mean, I mean, that's awful, you know, thinking about that, but... That's like, it's seriously, like, child abuse. No, it is yeah. child abuse. It's, it's, it's real child abuse. It's traumatic. Mm-hmm. As fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, I even remember I at, at camp, at camp when they would do, like, your room inspections, you know, it was Bible camp, and they would be like, oh, you might get extra points from the people inspecting your rooms because you'd win, like, top prizes for your team if yours was the best Didn't room. Didn't you guys also feel that that part of camp was just so coarse? Be like, this yeah. guy thinks his kids aren't clean enough. Well, they even said, oh, if you want to leave... uh, No, it's it's to take your contraband. Yeah. Yeah, or your fireworks. (laughs) Third graders. Your Reese's Well, they say, oh, if you want to leave candy or a fun note to kind of bribe the people. And I remember one year, our whole floor did, like, a rapture theme. So I had my bed made, the corner folded back, and had my pajamas laid out perfectly like I was laying in bed. And I have a picture of it somewhere at home, so I will try to find it. And if I do, we can tweet it out of Rapture Brainwash. Hashtag Rapture Brainwash. Start start the hashtag. Every time it was so funny and so cool, but if you look at it, you think, what is that stuff, you know? Anybody anybody listening out there, that's our first... Hashtag Rapture Brainwash. If you have Rapture Brainwash stories... Sacred Collective Twin Cities on Twitter. Tweet at us. Hashtag Rapture Brainwash. I I will... Your pajamas have been left behind. (laughs) I will fall over dead if someone tweets at us and says, I watched that same crappy daytime show. (laughs) (laughs) I had that experience. I don't even remember the show, but if someone remembers it was a guy and a girl... Again, not Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> it was like it was like Every C time Squad, Regis yeah. and Kathy Lee, and they had a lady on there who supposedly went to hell. And if they knew how much that affected my childhood, all these years later, hey, so if you watch that, please yeah. for the love of God, and then tweet at them. Yeah. If you find a clip of it, we'll <laughs> give you a shout out on the air. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you. A t-shirt. <laughs> just I don't know what kind of t-shirts. Just out of your drawer. Just. Out of my drawer. Because I there's no one who saw that except for me and my mother. <laughs> well, your mom's getting a new t-shirt. Um, I remember that. So the way that I quote unquote became a Christian, like my born again birthday. 
Yeah. You that was know it? That was a... Th- mm. No, I don't remember okay. it anymore. But I did for a long time. I even remember for, like, several years afterwards being, like... Remember thinking, like, it's my Christian birthday. It's, like, my born-again birthday, like, because this is the day that I, you know... But I was real young, and it was at... Um, if anyone was in or remembers Awana. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Every Wednesday. Yeah. So it was in Awana, and I, I couldn't have been... I think I was eight. Mm-hmm. I was yep. eight years old, mm-hmm. and I remember the leader person was talking about what. Basically, the gist of it was what would happen if you died in a car accident on your way home tonight. <gasps> Where would you go? If you want to be sure that you're going to go to heaven, such a fear tactic. Let's say this prayer. That's so mean to yeah. say that to children. Yes. Also, P.S., what is a wanna? <laughs> it's like... It stands um, for approved workmen are not ashamed. Wow. What? Uh, approved workmen are not ashamed. That's the thing. You were a better a You definitely would have gone to hell after that. Never heard of it. You would have gone to hell Imagine... I got a golden ticket, baby. Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, but... Christian. With Bibles instead oh, okay. of their like missionettes okay. and Royal Rangers. and Rangers and these somebody's a god. They were like they were here's the Boy okay. Scouts and these somebody's a god were like, No, we're better than the Boy Scouts because we talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> so all the boys were I'm all the boys were Royal Rangers, Buckaroos, Royal, Ra- yeah. Royal, Royal Ambassadors? Royal No, oh, you said Royal Rangers. Rangers. Royal Ambassadors. <laughs> And then that's the fans from the next the season. Then the girls were it should have been glorious girl Rainbow. Well, Rainbow. rainbows was boys and girls for like pre. Awana had different like categories. The most fucked up part about Awana. Sorry, I know I'm using all the language today. That's fine. Apologize. For what? The messed up part about Awana is that for every Bible verse you'd learn, you get Awana bucks, which you could spend on candy. Or like you know, those, for Jesus. Uh, those damn racist people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was you know, uh, and you had uh, you had a little vest. It was an economy. You had a little vest, and like you could earn like badges. We had like, vests on your too. Vest. Like it was totally yeah. like a Christianized Bible version of like boys. How do you spell? A W A N A. A W A N A. Anyway, so that was my. I think that's kind of one of my early. And I will say they did it. It wasn't. It wasn't like a if you don't want to go to hell and spend eternity burning in the hell. It was like they kind of didn't really talk about that. They, it was more of like if you want to go to heaven and kind of like leaving or like the other option kind of vague. So it wasn't like. I mean, it was still messed up, but it wasn't like dead bodies in the corner kind of thing. But I remember like lots of like I remember in high school going to a play at a French church that was like a like actors that were like pretending to be like demons and Satan. It's probably Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. I don't like yeah, I, like a live action. Yeah, play. that's how oh, it started. Yeah. Something, yeah. I don't know, something like that. And that was kind of like how I was in, like, kind of my early memories of, like, okay, well, kind of like you were saying with Original Sin, like, kind of because because Adam and Eve messed up, now everyone is screwed unless they... Say this in the spring. In the Old Testament, unless they made all the right sacrifices and followed all the right mm-hmm. Levitical laws and mm-hmm. did all this stuff and 
worked their way. Whatever. And then when Jesus came, now it's, that's great because we don't have to do all that stuff, but we still have to believe in Jesus and say this prayer. And I remember, like, my church and my family was kind of the, like, once you're saved, you're always saved. So, like, if you, you don't have to, like, re renew your salvation. Yeah. That ties into what I'm going to say later, but with the way I thought about that, always saved. Yeah, once saved, always saved. But then I was like, was I really sincere when I did it the first mm. time? Yeah, and I would constantly yes. worry if, like, the first time I said the sinner's prayer was authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like, maybe I'm like predestined to be damned and be that one guy who did. He said he was a believer. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Jesus, like, I never knew you. Mm. Yeah. Well, but, and then I remember like getting into high school and kind of like you know when you start or when people should start kind of thinking for themselves and being like okay well you know questioning this and it's like okay well what about so if before Jesus we had to do like these sacrifices and this other stuff and it was like a whole different thing then there's Jesus and like atonement theory could be a whole other series of topics to talk about but okay atonement then after Jesus it's belief in Jesus what about like, was it like when Jesus took his last breath? Is that when it changed to like which method gets you to heaven, or the rest? Right. Or is it when he rose from the dead? Is that when it changed? Timeline. So it, was is it there the like ascension? Is it like whatever that timeline is? What about someone who lived in South America? They're not going to have time. No one's going to be able to get to them fast enough to mm-hmm. tell them about Jesus before they die. Are they like what about or and like thinking all these things like well, this doesn't and like when I would ask people like youth group leaders or people at church that kind of the typical answer was well God is the final judge like we can't know mm-hmm. it's a cop out answer it's a cop out answer Biden is also you know special revelation right mm. and a, natural revelation mm. oh, natural yes. revelation yeah. I forgot about that thinking about okay well like I never the Calvinist idea of like election Mm. never rang true with me. I was like, "That's that doesn't make sense, and that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Along with other things about Calvinism that I don't agree with. Like everything John Calvin ever said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think he had I'm some... Kidding. I think he had some decent stuff. I saw his um, ones. One, one thing that I think really impacted my view of hell was um, C.S. Lewis's book. Um... About the what? The bus the space, ride? The space ride? Yeah. Was it? Screw tape letters? No, about the bus ride. The bus ride from, uh, from Hell to Heaven. Yeah, not the uh, what it's called. Uh, screw tape letters? No, no, no. That's the demon yeah. letters. Um, the Great Divorce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Great Divorce. The Great Divorce, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of portrays it as, like, people who... It wasn't like God is like, oh, you're going to hell. It's kind of people who didn't choose God and so kind of by their own choosing they were turned away from God. Isn't that sort of where the notion of hell is locked from the inside comes? I don't know. Like the only thing keeping you in hell is you? Yeah. And so that's sort of, I think that's kind of what C.S. Lewis is talking about. And then when this, the character like takes a bus to hell but then takes the bus to heaven, it's like this magic I think Miss Frizzle's driving it. Heaven in that book Heaven in that book has a lot of parallels with quote unquote heaven in Narnia. Like it's oh. it's realer than real. It's 
the colors are more colorful than the colors that we know. Like, and so it was kind of like, okay, heaven is like Earth, but it's it's like Earth reality 2.0. It's like even more real. Yeah, it's and, like what N.T. Wright talks about a lot. Yeah, and like, I think. So that, I think, kind of was one thing that kind of started me reframing how I thought about heaven and hell. And I think where I'm at now is, like, if, I think if you look at what you believe about heaven, I think, for me, that informs a lot of what I believe about hell. And so I think heaven isn't just, like, an insurance policy, like, okay, well, I got I to gotta dick around with this life, and then I'll get to heaven. That's, like, the ultimate goal. I think all through the Bible, the kind of Christian myth and Jesus are about heaven on earth. Mm. Like, the Lord's Prayer is your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about making yeah. earth, mm-hmm. returning earth to Eden. Mm. Whether that was real mm-hmm. or if that's a myth um, a myth in, like, the, like, capital M, like, big myth mm. kind of thing. Like, An a, ideal. The ideal. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I don't think Jesus was like you know help the poor people so that you can go to heaven. I think it was help the poor people so that you can bring heaven mm-hmm. here. The kingdom is in your heart. Yeah, and so I think if you think about it that way, like if heaven is us doing right, if if heaven is us living our best, most ideal way of of living reality, then hell is the antithesis mm. of that. So if you hate people, if you are selfish, if you use people, if you're oppressive, if you, you know, climb on people to get where you're going, that is creating hell. Whether it's creating hell for other people or creating hell for yourself, mm. I think another analogy that I've heard is that if if God is, you know, pure light, heaven is everything that's within that light. And so if you're if you're kind of like being a a, a vessel for that light, if you're being a vessel for love that's kind of you're in that light. If you are turned away from that and you're kind of creating your own shadow, hmm. if that's the opposite of God, which is the opposite of heaven, then that's hell. And so I don't know what that means for like afterlife or if that's what defines hell or anything, <laughs> but I have a hard time believing that this like wisp of vapor that is our life mm-hmm. can dictate all of eternity. You know, if 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 we're alive for just this split second, if we don't do the right thing there, that's going to affect our eternal destination. That doesn't seem to make sense. I, yeah, it seems like a pretty shitty system. If if we are if we are like eternal souls. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't there be, after death, like, still room to change and grow and learn and make decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what if it's, like, before you're born? Because you don't, like, we all, everyone talks about after they're alive. We talked about this earlier today. We all focus on what's going to happen after we die, but none of us ever consider that before we were born, there's nothingness. Right. Complete nothingness. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... That's obviously at least in Christianity, reincarnation is not real and stuff like that. Yeah, but it doesn't. Like, why aren't we scared of that nothingness? Like the nothingness before we were ever made. Mm-hmm. Then we're here for that brief, you know, wisp of time, and then 
then we're eternal all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's 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 the fun conversations my husband and I have on our way home from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we were talking about that though. Like people who are scared of nothingness when we die. I would say, you know, were you frightened before you were born? Then, which sounds super Stupid. bleak. I but, but nobody ever talks about that. But nobody. I actually remember when I was younger. I remember, like, wishing that I that there could just be nothingness because, like, the idea of just existing forever and yeah, same, existing for eternity. I think we all have that existential. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, like, I, that's why I always loved uh, Interview with the Vampire, which is a movie about the saddest vampires you ever see. Mm-hmm. Like, they're immortal. They have all these powers. But they so sad. <laughs> they just hate themselves. But, I mean, it as an atheist who doesn't believe in heaven or hell, I actually find a lot of comfort in just knowing, you know, I'll just be gone. Yeah. Like... It'll be really peaceful because this life is very, you know, it it has huge joys but also huge sorrows. Mm. And I don't, even if it's just like joy, 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 like for the rest of my existence, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. So I find peace in that rest, just in the rest yeah. of not existing. I yeah. find peace in the idea. The scientifically proven idea that I, in the sense of my corporeal self, am eternal. Once I've deceased, I'll become a tree, I'll become another person. Yep. Mm -hmm. My matter will always be here. It cannot be created or destroyed. And to me, that is, in a sense, eternal life. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck if if my consciousness, whatever whatever our consciousness is... If it dissipates or if it goes into something else, but the fact that my matter will always be here and has always been here and will continue to be different things and reborn into different things, to me, is comforting, honestly. And it's also really cool to think Same. about, like... I agree with that 100%. There's bits of you that have been in other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my goodness, it's absolutely. Like, yeah. Wild. We were stardust, you know, yeah. to start with. And yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. I think. It's... To me, it, it genuinely comforts me. Like, when I was a kid, I would sit around and think of, like, eternity. Like, that was just mind-blowing. But when I think, okay, I don't have to worry about anything, what has always been going on as, as long as matter and energy have existed will persist once my consciousness has left my corpse. To me, that's, uh, you know, it's reassuring. Mm-hmm. There was this beautiful piece of artwork that I have saved somewhere. Maybe on Pinterest, which is embarrassing. But <laughs> I do use my Pinterest to find artwork. I also have a Tumblr, too, which I use to find artwork. Hey, no hating on Pinterest and Tumblr. I'm not MySpace. But, um, no, I, I, my MySpace is long gone. But there was this beautiful picture <laughs> of this skull, and it, it was, like, maybe, like... 12 different little like squares of this skull and it just starts out plain and then slowly there's all this like grass and like flowers growing through it and then eventually Mm. like it turns into like this like grassy knoll and then people are like having a picnic on the knoll and 
stuff like that, and then at the end it just says life after death. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's gorgeous yes. and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh. And I should find yeah. the artist who did that, but it, it was beautiful and completely encapsulated what mm-hmm. I was thinking when I lost my Christian worldview. I think with me too, what what made me not, not we're kind of going off the rails on hell is more of like our eschatology, but still fine. It's all wrapped in. Um, I think the two big things for me, and I think we all kind of just had a collective agreeance of we had this existential like angst of like eternity like we can't even cognitively we can't even understand what eternity is because we we're finite we know that we're born we know one day we're gonna die we don't know what day that is but we know that's it's an ending and then when you have pastors parents whoever telling you oh you know you're gonna when you die you're gonna go to this afterlife like this life after this life and you're gonna be living for millions and trillions and whatever and like as a, like I remember as a teenager, like I don't want to live mm. millions and trillions of years old. Where you're gonna be with Jesus? Yeah, but like I don't want to. Not yeah. that, not that I didn't like Jesus. Not that I didn't like Jesus. But like you, even in my you, like my dad and my mom yes. and like my grandparents were like, isn't that awesome? And I would always be like, yeah, that's you think, awesome. What if I change my mind and how I want to spend eternity and then. I'm just sitting in a padded room pretty much going insane because I'm trapped here for eternity. Right. right. It would be awesome for the first trillion years. But yeah. Yeah. And like, well, yeah. But and a trillion and one. And I, think <laughs> part of it, I think part of it is human beings, we're not supposed to understand. We cognitively can't understand time in like an eternal sense. Right. Yeah. We no, can, under, we our, can understand. Our brain is designed to dwell on the past and continually think about the future. Linearly. But, but yeah. never be actually present. Like yeah. 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 Exactly. is always in the future. Right. You know, and so that's maybe that's why we think about heaven. True. Like, I think, well, life sucks. So just sitting around. got to get better, man. None of this was ever part of my worldview, ever. Like, I never. Well, welcome to evangelicalism. I know. I yeah. never thought. Well, and I think it's because I grew up in a mainline denomination yeah. that. Did not focus on any of this stuff. Like, what was your? I grew up Lutheran in in the LCA, so like this was. <gasps> you were the cool Lutheran. I, I was Missouri Synod Lutheran, I'm so we were still Hellfire. And yeah, you were Hellfire <laughs> and Brimstone. <laughs> but no, I mean nobody really talked about heaven or hell. I mean, no. I'm, I, I didn't even know that the Jesus Prayer existed until I went to a Billy Graham crusade in 1996. Mm. Billy Graham? Oh, that's that crusade. Yep, a lot of people. With DC Talk? I know, I love that. I was at that crusade. Jars of Clay? Jars of Clay, too. DC Talk? Oh my gosh, I was what if you all they all their clothes they just disappear and their clothes are left singing Larry Norman's I wish we'd all been ready they did they did well and here's the thing that whole rapture thing no they never it was never part of my worldview until I until I went to college at Bethel you know, then you met the crazies. That, well, well, that was right when the Left Behind series came out. Like right at that kind of Kurt you know, Cameron. Um, shout out, shout out. <laughs> no, don't shout out him. More like shout out. Okay, but anyways, it was just never Whoa. part of any. I, I it's because I didn't grow up evangelical. So a lot of this stuff that you guys had with your childhoods and all that doesn't make sense it still doesn't make sense mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to us I know it doesn't make sense to you one other thing that I think I could piggyback off you like yeah. growing up Catholic no one really talked about hell but we talked about sin a lot mm. yeah. because we had confession 
True. Then you like going through catechism. You have to go to confession. Yeah. So if you don't know, that means you have to go in a room where there's a, like a curtain between you. But the priest knows who the hell you are. Like, the priest is like, oh, that's don't look bitch. behind the curtain because you can see. Yeah. You can hey, see no through the curtain. <laughs> the curtain is see through. You can see through. So they. I've seen movies. Side. I'm basically yeah. Yeah. It's like chicken yeah. wire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in my trip, shit actually was like way less than it. So hello, Josh. Was, er, er, my son. <laughs> <laughs> it was a room where you'd walk in. My the priest was sitting. <laughs> the priest was sitting on this nice chair, and you'd walk in the room, and he'd see you. And then you'd walk to the chair sitting next to him, and there was like a thing between oh you gosh, that looked no. like one of those Partesian so walls. It, you know, so oh, like in the Bible. Yeah. So was it like, was it like a special <laughs> room or anything like that? It was just in the back of the church on the left. <laughs> I have a question. What age do you start going to confession? Mm-hmm. As soon as you can talk. Communicate. <laughs> I, <believe>. <laughs> I believe it's right after your first communion, which is second grade. Yeah. No! Yeah. What does a third grader have to confess? I stole a pencil from my sister. No. I, I said the S are fat. I said the S word. It was shut up. I saw my mom and dad wrestling. I called Travis a fool and dumb dumb. But I think another thing, though, too, and I was a dark toddler. Like, I decapitated a cat. Pastors writing notes, future serial. I think I was just thinking the same thing. I don't know. Watch out for Joshua. I think another big thing is escapism. Why I kind of reject the whole like understanding of a lot of parts of the afterlife is it's just escapism like we're told in evangelicalism this world is shit it is terrible it is wrong this is not like there's so much sin in it like you can barely ever but get married have kids have a good job like have these happy, fossil fuels yeah be a good steward of the earth and yeah, be good steward of the earth and all this stuff <laughs> but to me it's just like it's just rabid escapism where we're like, I'm I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna do these good good things so Jesus is gonna be happy when I'm in His kingdom. And to me, I'm like, it's that escapism, and you're you're passing up like what? To me, I'm like, I even remember like in college where I was like when I was being taught this by all these professors. I'm like, I, I remember raising my hand and the professor got really pissed. I was like, all that you're saying is is escapism. You're wanting to escape this world into the next. Well, it's like but, Gnosticism. But you're not wanting to yeah. live in the yep. present here and now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. do you love your spouse? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, do you want to escape your spouse? He was like, no. And I'm like, then live here in the now. No. Or, <laughs> or I was like, you know, do you like going on a picnic or walking around and like doing whatever? Well, of course. But you're just saying this world sucks so much mm-hmm. that I want to go to this afterlife. And it's just like, I think so many Christians do that. Yeah. And they're like, this world is so bad that I need to leave it. And I look at it where I'm like, I don't want to leave this world because I have my wife. I have my daughter. And if we have other kids, I have, you know, you guys. I have friends. I have all these great things. And it's like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, now, now we're done. You know, mm-hmm. now it's all over. Yeah. So... Two things, two things going off that. The first thing that comes to mind, and I remember thinking about this in college, um, why, why do Christians hate suicide so much? If you're like, I want to get rid of this world, I want to go to heaven. Mm. I always thought the exact same. <clears throat> right. Like, why would that? Why would that be like? Oh, that guy's lucky. Yeah. He's with Jesus now. But then they they see it as destroying God's creation. Right. Yeah, well, well, so if but 
do you see the like the logical disconnect there? Yeah. Yes. If, oh, yeah. If the world is bad, material is bad, earth is bad, and mm-hmm. physical stuff is bad, then why would it be bad to off yourself to go to this perfect place that you want to go? If we're all like anxious to get to heaven, mm-hmm. why would it be bad to get there faster? I don't, right. I don't know the right. actual year this so, happened, but the reason that suicide became a cardinal sin in the Catholic Church, which means you immediately go to hell, do not pass, go straight to hell, is because slaves and concubines and people in the poorer classes, all the servants, were killing themselves. Oh, and so the rich so it's political. and the powerful just were like... like well, so you, you can't there just... Goes our labor. You can't just yeah. get our labor, our sex slaves, our all that terrible shit. Oh, you know, like, that we'll, makes so a lot we'll, of we'll have the Pope make it a cardinal sin. Wow. So then all of these servants... Because, I mean, if you if you were a slave and you were like, I'm going to be beaten tomorrow, I'm, my, you know, my family's being taken away, all this terrible stuff that happened, yeah. it's like, why wouldn't you want to kill yourself? Mm-hmm. But then you make... Get the church involved, get the religion involved, to get that. There's so much in God. church history where it gets, the church gets in bed with the state and it just fucks stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, the other thing I was going to say about that is there's so much stuff in the Bible that supports suicide. Well, I mean, no. That's not what I was going to say. But, like, that I mentioned that's like Gnosticism. I mean, Gnosticism was a huge heresy where they were like, the physical body is bad, everything physical is bad, only the spiritual is good. And that was a huge heresy in the early church because the early church fathers were saying, no, creation is good. God created every everything that God created in the Genesis account, he says it was good. God created everything that was good. And Jesus came and was incarnate. Like, Jesus became flesh and blood. To I mean, that should be proof that the material world is good. And then, like, everything about living a good life is, like, in the here and now. Like, there's so much in the Bible that says the present is what you need to focus on, mm. and that's what is good. <clears throat> Bring heaven to earth. Don't right. just escape. Yeah. I feel like it's, like, materialism kind of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Like, I know in Catholicism, and maybe Josh might have some insight into this, the concept of grace perfects nature. The idea that that God, in his grace is perfecting the, you know, the, the fallen earth, or earth, period. And that, you know, the things on earth are not evil. They're lacking, but they are to be a, approaching a more ideal state, sort of thing. I don't know if the Catholicism has anything specifically to say about that, because Catholicism, for the most part, a lot of Catholics are a lot less theologically minded, because the church is a, it's a more holistic social club. You know what I mean? So you're there, you know, you get married in the church, and then you have your first kid, and then you have your first baptism in the church, and then you have first, you know, so the church kind of takes you cradle to grave through all these milestones in your life, so you're, you know, first you're baptized, then your first communion, and then you go through confirmation classes, then when you're confirmed, you're accepting your baptism, and that's usually around 16 to 18 years old, mm-hmm. and then after that, um, you, everything about your life is a sacrament. So the sacrament of holy matrimony, baptism, oh, I see. Uh, you know, confession. Mm. Um, there's a couple more, but you know, going to the priesthood. I can't remember the last two, but um, they're all parts that are involved in your life and like get the church involved in your life, which is oh, that's all good if, if you're in a good community with good people. Like growing up, when I was young, I had a really great priest, um, and then my parents had a really good priest a couple years ago that really helped my dad through cancer struggle because uh, the priest also had the same kind of cancer. And it, oh, wow. it, but it's based on those good people hitting those right times, you know. Because you can certainly be in the same situation, and have a terrible mm-hmm. upbringing as tens of thousands of kids who grew up Catholic, you know, 
didn't have good relationships with their priests or teachers or mm-hmm. which you know, it's all public record we need to dig that up but yeah I don't think a lot of Catholics are theologically minded in the way like if, if you're going to be a theologically minded Catholic you're probably a priest mm-hmm. or you're probably yeah. a deacon in a church or someone who who spends a lot of time thinking about that not your average parishioner where I think in evangelical churches a lot more people are I think that's why it's so like well, infectious isn't the right word that's why it makes people so uptight and so nervous about having the right beliefs is because evangelicals will be like no no John Piper says mm-hmm. he's yeah, got they, the skin well there's like, like 500 yeah. denominations yeah. way more than that um, there's thousands of denominations yeah uh, but I think a lot of evangelicals especially like bible believing Christians are doing the uh, dick quotes. fingers quotes um, <laughs> <laughs> dick fingers um, but uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I went to friends there. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> Joey, not knowing. What I know a lot of evangelicals <laughs> who are like young earth creationists or what have you that you know spend so much time with their Bibles and so much time with people who do like biblical principles and stuff. You know what I mean? So like Liberty University folks, they probably be more apt to actually quote just scripture. I would think, but also like conservative theologians that reinforce their own stereotypical yeah. ideas. Um, but Catholics don't like Catholic. Like my dad just never has to about doctrine, you know. Even though I went to seminary, you know, like that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested. In. If I was like, Dad, what do you think about atonement? He'd be like, Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and like he's he's good answer. He was he grew up Methodist Sounds and then good. converted to Catholicism way later in life in his 40s. Mm. But he still, <laughs> even though he did that, if I asked him about transubstantiation, he had no idea what I'm talking about. And even though he's a, a train station, exactly. Transubstantiation. <laughs> like, it sounds. It sounds like that's a stain. <laughs> um, it sounds like that's. But yeah, if I ask, is that like a skin um, disease? <laughs> like, yeah. Do you believe in the the actual body and blood? Uh, you know, the actual Eucharist and the wine turning into the body and blood. He'd be like, why not? Like you know, it wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a hard pressed yeah. theological thing for him because, in, especially in small towns, Catholic churches are more. You know, like your family little social club. They're all cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I eat flesh and blood. Yeah. I'm a zombie. <laughs> I eat lots of babies. Um. I guess one <laughs> quote, to get somewhat biblical or deep, we can... I knew this one question was going to just be a shit show. In, in a good way, but going all over Yay! the place. A shit show. A shit show. Oh, can I add to that? I'm sorry. I have, Go for I have it. a Stephen Curtis Chapman song that's been playing in my head Ooh. since we started this whole thing. Ooh, do you oh share? Boy. Oh have boy. Brought Does heaven to have earth. A have it, I know. I'm so sorry. Like, sing it. Sing it for us, Katie. Oh, I yeah. can't sing. It's like the. It was on a Wow thing in 1996. Oh, I want to wow. say, yeah. I remember those dating me right back. That was music for Christians. Wow, wow, that's what I call music. Wow, that's I think what mine I was like wow, like, like eight Jesus, or something. It's about Jesus. It went up to like 25. It's about bringing Jesus to Earth and happened one night and a baby's birth and all this other stuff. It's been oh. playing in my head since we started talking about Heaven and Hell. Just thought I'd throw that out there. because well, What, what song Peter is it chat. so people... No problem. Can tweet at us. People, as in me, can listen <laughs> to it for context. Do you remember what the title was? I will uh, Google it. Yeah, Google it for me. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Steven, if you're listening... Tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> Steven. We, just, we want the Rapture tweets. We want Kirk Cameron to tweet at us. Oh I think God. instead of saying so I'll go from now on, we'll be like, I'll ask the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
So, um, heaven in the real world. Hey guys, we're going yes, to hell. Heaven what is it called? Heaven, none of us believe heaven in, in the real oh. world. Oh. Heaven in the real world. Okay. Well, it's going to be a rude awakening for you. So, if that's the case, I asked the spirit about Awana. This um, crazy graphic. Um, I went to school for for art and graphic design, and this is just blowing my mind right now. This Awana Awana Clubs logo, and there are four individuals, each drawn in a different style. And there's a teddy bear wearing a basketball jersey. <laughs> a man who looks like he has a cotton ball for a head and is wearing like a Devo hat. I really hope this brings back a memory. And Mickey Mouse gloves. And then there's like a little oh, kid. Sparky, right? Sparky! Sparky! Run in a different okay, different this. thing. He's like a like cool blonde, like surfer kid. And then there's this gender ambiguous, gender neutral person That's on the girl. very yes, right. That's Sparky. That's Sparky! The little... Teddy bear in the basketball jersey. But the teddy bear... No, that's the vest. That's the Awana vest. That's oh, the vest. Okay. That's that's like the young kids it. were, like, tall. Can we post a picture of this, like, on and the podcast? And there was sparks. Let's make it the picture for this, for this week. And there oh was my sparks. God. And then there was sparks. Oh, yes. Pioneers. Pioneers and chums. 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 I think that was good. problematic. I think oh, the girls God. were chums. There he is. Which is Sparks. weird. The little con ball with yeah. the yellow hat. He's, you know who he looks like? He looks like Homestar Runner. <gasps> exactly. <laughs> yes. Who's Sinbad in this situation? <gasps> oh, Jesus. I'm so glad we discovered this. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's all. To, to all the new listeners who listen, we're not... I, I'm not gonna lie, we do go off the rails all the time, and that's what kind of makes. I think makes this should be like are. a yeah. like a we'd be NPR if we didn't. <laughs> yeah, a multiple episode thing because I think this is really fast. Yeah, I think I, we should definitely. Oh, I got a lot more to say about hell. Yeah, me too. Well, what, we, we haven't even, the hell? We haven't even digged it. No, we, like, well, the well, one question I want to ask, and then we should probably yeah. go Old Testament. We New all Testament. have to work in the morning. The Old okay. Testament. There's a little place called. I just broke a toy. Oh, no. oh, you're going to? No, 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 no. You flung his little hockey sticks. I just I broke the. That's the a, that's the actually key. a gateway. It's a key to hell. I broke the key to hell. I'm just gonna. Brian is holding a a photorealistic sculpture of pinhead. From pinhead. Pinhead. I also took a picture of that. We can make that the image for the episode. That would be a good image. Who's the guy who plays Hellraiser? Pinhead. <laughs> no, the actor. Yeah, Mr. Pinhead. Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> tweet at us, actually. <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet at us. Who plays? Doug, Doug some hashtag I'm Pinhead. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> Pinhead real. I want to ask this next so, question, but question. I feel I'm going to be... Go for it. Go, no, yeah, go, yeah, for, it. go, go for, for it. So in the Old Testament, there is a place called Sheol. Mm-hmm. Sheol, Sheol, however you want to say it. And this was not hell, but a lot of people think... A lot of people think it's hell, but there's this fascinating book, and this is going to be my recommendation if you want to do recommendations, but it's this book called Inventing Hell. The subtitle is Dante, the Bible in Eternal Torment by John M. Sweeney. It's a fascinating read. It's a really quick, it's, I would say it's pop theology. It's theological, but not like seminary deep, but more anybody could pick it up and understand it. But he... 
he kind of breaks it up into how the ancient Israelites, how the ancient um, world kind of believed in this tiered approach, and it's kind of cool. And see if other, I don't know if anybody would here would say any other religions would think about that or had their belief like that. But he breaks it down in these three things. Heaven is the residence of God above the clouds. Earth is all of creation from the surface to the clouds. And Sheol is the subterranean place of the dead in Earth's belly. And Sheol would be, uh, and the Bible talks heavily in the Old Testament about it. And it never says hell, but yet so many Christians, like modern day Christians, and even throughout the centuries, somehow have thought and, and interpreted Sheol as hell, which it's not. It's two totally different things. Um, Are there references to, like, you took me to the depths of Sheol? Yeah. And then you return? It's yeah. not like an eternal existence in this. No, there's no, there's no fire either. Well, no, there's no fire. And Sheol and. Josh, you, I'm not trying to pick on you, but you have more of the historical theology and understanding that, um, if you want to jump in. But, like, I just was fascinated where, like, Sheol, from what I was reading in this in this author's book, was pretty much saying that every, it wasn't like a hell, it wasn't a heaven. Sheol's where everyone, it was almost like you just died and that's where you went. Everyone did. Doesn't matter if you're religious, you could be a priest, a peasant, anywhere in between. And you would just go. We there. should we should look into that for the next episode because I would think that the Jewish conception of the world it was much more about what you did here on Earth than what you. Then I don't even remember talking about heaven in the Old Testament other than the realm where God lives. Right. But I don't even the notion of an immortal soul is even there. Well, and I think well, and then I was because I was reading in this in this author's book where it even says where God, where Yahweh, you know, which is God, it was called in the Old Testament was Yahweh. That Yahweh even said to Moses that he was going to Sheol and his descendants would be going to Sheol. And so it's like, okay, like I'm going to, like, I thought I'm going to go to heaven, but he was saying you're going to go to Sheol. So it's like, does that, like, is that, like, in a way purgatory? Is that, is that in a way of where, like, or does Sheol simply mean it's where you go when you die? Yeah, where where we don't know, Mm -hmm. because. I don't like it when people are like, oh, there's this new book out where this person died and they went to heaven and then they came back. It's like, no, that's just a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. None of us here in this plane of existence knows what it's like to die and then come back and tell about it. We just don't know. So maybe maybe some of the biblical writers were onto something that they're like, well, maybe we just do die and we go into the ground. Every one of us, no matter who we are, and that's just what happens. And I think that then maybe we should hold off on going deeper into talking about let's let's do the historical one next, next episode. Let's yeah. do like mm-hmm. how and how the history of hell changed. Mm-hmm. Well, because I want to know where purgatory fits into this. Maybe I don't even. I know it's not the same thing. I know they're not similar at all. But well, we just got but, like the next three months of but, topics but, coming. But, 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 but purgatory is. I mean, hell is a meaty subject. I don't think mostly because I was like, you're welcome to get through it in one night. No, English English simplifies it so much. You know, there's Sheol, there's like we were talking about earlier, Gehenna, there's Hades, and they're all we all inter inter like most Christians intertwine them, but they can't because they're all they're all distinctively understood as three distinctive things, Mm. but we put them all together, which Mm. you can't. Because they all have their different meanings. Next episode, let's dig deeper into those words and then mm-hmm. those conceptions of those words, and then let's go all the way to Dante. 
Yeah. Or like modern conception of house art. So the the secular. So let's do I read the Inferno in high school and loved it. Me too. I still love it. Um, but let's so next episode let's dive deep and go historical views of of like Jewish perspectives of hell it would be interesting to look at contemporary historical history versions of hell that's what I can Um, do do it historical (laughs) contemporary views of other cultures other mythologies that have hell parallels because there's so there's so much in the Old Testament that is mythological parallels oh my god yeah I got this book on Greek mythology, and it's mind-blowing how many parallels there are between the Old Testament and Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. There's literally a Garden of Eden with a forbidden fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's straight up, and that doesn't bother me. Like, I call no. myself a Christian. I view Christianism as mythological as I do in, you know, any, any other set of beliefs, but that doesn't mean that I disregard it. It means that I retain it and I learn lessons from it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's important to recognize that these are not 100% original historical right. ideas. Have you ever read the Flood account? And People are like throwing their iPhones on the uh, Gilgamesh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Epic of Gilgamesh, it's one of the first earliest texts ever written. Well, that's yeah. one of the things why I get... I got in trouble in my conservative college, I won't say it on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't go to Bethel, so you guys oh. can just out your school. <laughs> I had a cough. I didn't um, but... I remember one of my old professors, well, I would say it because a lot of people in the class got mad, but he's an Old Testament scholar, and he actually did a lot, he did like some of his work on the early creation flood narratives, and one of his whole points was saying that Christianity, most early religions and people and cultures had most cultures believe that there was some epic flood they have it written down sure oh yeah and so many Christians would get in this class got pissed when this professor said our Christian narrative of the flood story is not A the only flood story and B is not the oldest meaning all which makes it even more probably probable that it happened because so many other people groups and religions said it this happened, but they have different variations, and there. And I remember, like half the class was like, "That's wrong." I'm telling my mom and dad. <laughs> I'm, you know, there's this is all. This Daddy's going to hear about. This. And the whole point, what this professor was trying to say, is like, no, like the Epic of Gilgamesh, like the Babylonians were hundreds, if not thousands, of years before Christianity was on the scenes, and they had the story, the flood, and all this kind of stuff. And then probably more or less what happened is Christianity borrowed mm. ideas and, I, and topics about it, but not... Because people were familiar with people, the story. Yeah. It's oral tradition. We didn't, they didn't have smartphones or TVs right. or anything like that. And so to me, I'm like, that made it more strong where everyone else was like losing their marbles yeah. about like, right. oh, what the heck. But It's not to discredit it. You no. Know? Yeah, well, this, I mean, this, not to bring it out another, this, we'll move this out to six months from now. But the idea of, like, where did the Israelites come from? Because pre-Moses, it wasn't like all these people just popped out of nowhere and were like, oh, we're not the Babylonians or the Assyrians, we're the Jews. You know, it was like, they came from somewhere, and so wherever they came from, they brought with them the like the oral traditions and the cultures and the beliefs of whoever sure. they were from. And so the amalgamy like, of everything before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone talks about that. Like, where did the, where did Moses come from? What was his, you know, what was his cultural heritage? Like, what were the beliefs of the people that, because, I mean, some people might say, oh, well, his great-great-grandfather was Adam. That's, what's the problem? Like, that's, 
but I think that most people can agree that there was a lot more people around and more stuff going on at like the time of Moses than just like a little group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, do I want to wrap up because I'm getting tired? We're at an hour. It's three beers in. Do you want to do shout outs? Should we eat more crickets? You oh, want to do geez. recommendations? <laughs> recommendations is what I'm We can do a recommendation. I was going to say, we already shouted out to Kirk Cameron. We shouted out oh to Oh my gosh, that was yeah. That's true. But when we're done, after we're <laughs> off air, we're going to start tweeting out our rapture stories. <laughs> oh, there or, you go. What was it? Rap- what did oh, you say, Amanda? Rapture? Uh, hashtag, hashtag Rapture Brainwash. Rapture Brainwash. Brain- hashtag rapture Brainwash. Rapture Brainwash. So people better hashtag see Hashtag my pajamas were left behind. <laughs> yeah, That's there you go. That's too long of a hashtag. I better wake up tomorrow and see some hashtag stories from no, in this case, tomorrow means it's the day like after people are listening. Yeah, the day, well, the day after people are listening. But... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so, I guess, yeah, quick recommendations. Let's hold yeah. it to two. Like the one I said, uh, since we're talking about hail and other things, is inventing... Hail, sleet, Hades. Yes. <laughs> inventing Hell, Dante, the Bible, and Eternal Torment by John M. Sweeney. Came out like four or five years ago, but it's really, really good. Actually, he's just he wrote a book called The Pope Who Quit, which was recently picked up by HBO. So this is a guy who really knows his stuff, but he makes it very... Um, like pop theology, I know a lot of people don't like it, so you don't have to be an ac- pretty much you don't have to be an academic to understand it. Well, I never. Um, the other thing I was gonna recommend, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but I just saw Infinity Wars, Avengers Infinity War. I shouldn't say wars; it was one war. War. Um, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. And even if you don't like superhero movies, see it because it's awesome. You better get paid for that. Yeah. I'm out. It's a new sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BlueApron.com. Uh, I think something I have um, is uh, a book slash TV show. So uh, Brian and I are big fans of The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Uh, I love that show. It is so good. It like leaves you on the edge of your seat every time. And I am in the middle of the book, which I guess the book just covers the first season, so anything after is, you know, just stuff that is not in the book. So it's it's very intense in seeing, you know, this one way of how the world is how the world is turning, how people are being treated, who has power, who doesn't, and you know, just the world that these women are living in is literally hell on earth. So that just kind of made me think of that. Um, and uh, when you were talking about Brian Gehenna, where, you know, it's, which we'll talk about next time, like historically, like with all the trash and just everything burning and just how toxic it was. Uh, if you watch Handmaid's Tale, it reminds me of the colonies. Um, but yeah, I would say if you have not watched it, watch it on Hulu, but don't binge it because it's very difficult to binge and read the book. And it just got picked up as of we recorded this for season three. Mm. So yes, Great. it's a very good show, but very intense. Watch it with the lights on. And with a friend. 
Or a kicker. Or a lover. Or a lover, yeah. <laughs> or a cat. But or not with a handmaid? No. No. A blow up doll? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a Westworld reference? No, you're not. Westworld's good, though. Spoiler alert. Who's up to recommend recommend next? I'll uh, recommend two podcasts that I always plug. Uh, one is the Air Grievances with Caleb Gregory Field Row. Hey, and you can hey. get him at find him at oh uh, you can go to airgrievances.com, facebook.com slash airgrievances, patreon.com slash airgrievances, uh, or iTunes. Just search for Air Grievances, it'll pop right up. Nice. There you go. I'd also put a shout out to Deep Roots with Mark Van Steenwick, author, what? activist, and prophet. Uh, he runs the Center for Prophetic Imagination in Minneapolis. Go find him, uh, check out his stuff, and because uh, he's way smarter than all of us. Mark's he's amazing. Smart. He's a good guy. He married Joshua and I, and it was magical and wonderful, and he's an insanely smart person that more people should be listening to. Yeah, deep Thanks. Nice. Going back this way to the Cricket Man? I don't, uh, that's that's going to be your name on the podcast. He's the Cricket, cricket Man. Oh. Um, or how about just Crickets? I think I have that can sound. I call you, yeah, you can call me Cricket. How about, can I call you Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> You're so um, right. uh, My recommendation is Jimmy C. go eat a bug. Hey, there you go. I it like was, it. Hey, that's a good recommendation. Good. That was good. I like it. Just yeah. like tree nuts. Yeah. I liked it. I don't know if I have any recommendations. You don't have to. That's, that's fine. okay. I've been watching Jane the Virgin, and that's been fun. Oh, I've seen that show. So that's your recommendation, Jane that's the Virgin. It's a good one. It's, fun. If, it's if a hyper soap opera. It's a hyper soap opera. It's very... No, it's a, a tele- telenovela. It's a telenovela, uh, so it goes in all kinds right. of weird places. A telvela? Telenovela. Telenovela. In Espanol. Is that, is that how we got TV? Bad yeah, yeah. joke. I don't think I recommend I recommended this before, but um, recently I've been re-listening to uh, the audiobook of The Orthodox Heretic by Peter Rollins. Good stuff. And every time I listen to it, it gives me a new perspective. The thing that I, I thought I, I saw the first time just gets flipped on its head. And the intentional irreverence but with the heart of love and honestly the heart of Christ in it like and you know Rollins is an atheist but he just loves the stories of Christ and thinks God is is bigger than God and to me I don't know just it blows my freaking mind every time sometimes it makes me cry like it is just it is so intense and so good and it just puts it, it blows religion apart and then what's left over is this tiny little nugget of the most intense truth that you ever heard. So, Peter, if you're listening to us, tweet a... Tweet a <laughs> oh, Peter, you, you told me you do an interview with me four months ago. Where are you at? Oh my Maybe we can interview you for this podcast, because, hey, your BFFJ is a participant, so come on. And if you're only listening to this, you don't know that we all had a delicious meal before we started, so you're missing out on that. Yeah. Hey, there you go. So you got to come and do an interview. Hey, maybe yeah. we should fly you up from LA to be here and we'll make you some good G and T's. And Guinness stew? Yeah. Maybe. Shepherd's pie? I'll I'll build a rocket. So ship. listen <laughs> listen in the next Asian couple weeks where I have room. 
Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I have two recommendations. One is a delightful artist that I keep coming back to, and it's he's more relevant than ever because he loves drawing superheroes and he loves hmm. drawing um, things related to the Marvel DC universe. And his name is Dan Hip. Hmm. Hip with two P's. And you can find him on Instagram at Dan Hip with two P's, H I P P, or Mr. Hip, M R H I P P dot blogspot dot com. His art is delightful and whimsical, and I love it. I've been following him um, for many, many years, and now thanks to this blow up of. Um, Superhero culture, he's becoming more popular than ever, and I love his style. It's amazing. Yes, that is him. <laughs> Brian just showed me his Instagram. Um, he's, he's following awesome. nobody. I, I <laughs> yes. love him. That's he doesn't cool. need to follow anyone. He's Hard blazing cool. his own trail. And um, another recommendation I have is the TV show Community. Oh, yes. um, pretty funny. I have been re-watching it, mm. and a lot of people, maybe who are a little younger than I am, only know Dan Harmon, the creator, mm. as the creator of Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. But he did a show beforehand called Community, about mm. a group of lovable misfits who go to community college, and it's one of my favorite TV shows ever. Amen. Only speaking of seasons one through three, because yeah. those are the ones Dan Harmon did. Um, so I recommend going back and watching seasons one through three of Community. Amen. I didn't mean to cut you off. I am. But, uh, That's all right. Um, so yeah, come back in a couple weeks, um, where I think we're going to dig in more to the biblical, meteor, theological part. I think this, we just got really crazy with our theological views, which was good, but then we'll get into historical theological part, talking about Sheol, Gehenna, Hell, the three different kind of ideas about that, and then even go dig deeper. So, yeah. So, I think we're out. We're out. Bye. production.